Hello, we're the Junk family. I'm Keith Junk, this is my wife Penny, and this is Mia. And we want to wish you a happy Advent season. The verse for today is John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I love that passage, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Isn't that encouraging? That the darkness can never extinguish the light that is the light of Christ, which, which God sent to be with us. You know, as I've, as I've thought more and more about um, this Advent season and just the progression, uh, think back with me. The first week we talked about hope. You remember a little bit about hope and and hope, in some ways, is this leaning into, this trusting in God. And as we trust, as we, as we put our weight into God more and more, as we lean into Christ more and more, we become uh, at home and, and we find this peace, which we talked about last week. You remember talking about peace a little bit last week? This, this peace that passes our understanding and the peace of Christ, which the world can't offer. There's peace with God. There's, there's peace within ourselves. There's peace with one another. We become peacemakers in a sense. And so it's this progression of we, we, we put our trust, our hope in God, and then we begin to experience a peace no matter the circumstances. And then there's this joy that comes. There's this joy that begins to, to settle into the deepest parts of our lives. And uh, I think oftentimes we miss the joy. I wonder how, how is it with your joy meter today? You know, if you, had a, if you had a joy meter, where would the joy meter be in your life? Uh, I, we've, been, we've been saying this, and I've been working to do this um, in, in my life this, this year. To, I, I want to make room. I want to make more room in my heart, in my mind, in my life for Jesus. I want to make room for God to settle in, to, to stretch me, to grow me. And I wonder if you're in that place this year where you're trying to make room within you to create more and more space, to, to be intentional, not just to walk through the season and hope that things uh, that, that, that God takes up resident, but, but to be intentional about doing some things, practicing some things that would, would create a little space and, and make a little room in you. When I think about joy, um, I often think about children like Mia. And I'm looking over here because this is where Mia was sitting. Um, I, like, don't you just, the, the face of a child so oftentimes has joy, doesn't it? Like, it's just a part of them. So many children just exude maybe this, this, this joy that, I don't know, over time we begin to lose. 
And so I've been thinking this week, I've been trying to go back in my mind to Christmas morning. Can you go back in your mind to Christmas morning? Maybe. For some of you, it's harder than others because it was a few years ago. I get it. It's been a minute or two. Um, but for others, maybe you can get there in your mind. Something about Christmas morning that, that there was an expectation and there was something about Christmas morning that you, you just couldn't wait. Could you sleep? Christmas Eve, many of you, like if you open gifts on Christmas morning, like it was like hard to fall asleep on Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Because you just, there was, there was this expectation, there was this excitement, there was this, there was the unknown, there was joy because you couldn't wait to get to Christmas morning. And then uh, if you're a parent, if you had young ones, there was a, there was a joy and also there was stress as you tried to put together that bike that didn't have instructions and was missing the one nut on the end of the, the you know, the screw, and it didn't have it, and you, there was, there was joy because you couldn't wait to give your kids, a, you wanted to give your kids something that they wanted that they didn't, or something they didn't even know that they wanted, but you couldn't wait to see in their faces the joy. And if you had young kids, you got to this place where you, you, you found the perfect gift and, and you wrapped, you put it in a box and you wrapped it and your kids got up at like 5 a.m. and you said, well, wait a minute, I got to make coffee and then we can do Christmas. And your kids are like, no. And you're like, I got to get the fire going because we got to create the moment and all of, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you are with me and your kids are just like, we want to open. And so then you have a young one who's like one or two and they're just kind of wobbling around and they begin to rip the present open and they open the box and they get whatever it is out and you are so excited about the whatever it is. And then they spend the day with the box, like inside the box and like making a fort. And you realize that for kids, joy, and hold on, you realize for kids that joy isn't actually in the thing. Oh, joy isn't actually the thing. There's something deeper. And I wonder if, as adults, we forget that. We actually think there's joy in the thing. And you can fill in the blank to whatever the thing is. And we chase all the things. And we wonder why we're stressed and disappointed and isolated and sad and depressed. And I wonder if Jesus brings something, some, some joy, but it's not in the things that we often think it's in. Are you with me? Mm. You guys are like, I didn't know you were going to talk about that today. Joy in uh, the New Testament, kara, uh, C-H-A-R-A, and I always butcher uh, the Greek, but it's deeper. It's not, joy isn't found in a, in a thing. I go back to that original Christmas story, and you, you'll remember it. Like when I start reading or telling you of the story, you're going you're gonna to remember it. And the story talks about the shepherds who are in the fields, probably just outside Bethlehem. And what we often miss, there, there were some of us that were just in Bethlehem earlier this year. Can you believe that was earlier this year? Unbelievable. Earlier this year, we were in Bethlehem. Some of you are looking over there like, who was in Bethlehem? There were a number of us in Bethlehem earlier, right here. There were, there were like 40 of us in Bethlehem this year, and we went to the fields 
Do you remember being in the fields and they took us in the cave? We went down in this cave. I fell asleep. I don't know if you knew that, but I fell asleep because it was, I don't know if we were, it was so, I was so tired from the trip and he was talking to us with that soothing voice and then he asked Robin to sing and I just kind of drifted off and you guys thought I was being spiritual by my eyes closed and I was just sleeping. But what I learned and was reminded of is that those fields just outside of Bethlehem, that was where they would have raised uh, the lambs who would be sacrificed. Now think about that. Here in Bethlehem where the lambs who would physically be raised so that they would be sacrificed, killed, slaughtered for uh, the sins of people, this is where Jesus showed up. Unbelievable how this story unfolds. And so the shepherds were in the fields at night. You remember, and an angel appears. Do you remember this story? The angel appears. And the angel reassures them. Now, why would a re an angel need to reassure them? Because they were freaked out, just like you would be, just like I would be. Like if you're in the fields and you're with sheep and something appears in the sky with some sort of form of a, maybe a human or something, you would freak out, right? So they did. And so the angel, and this is what God does. When God shows up, um, he knows it might catch us off guard. And so God reassures us. I love that. And one of the most common phrases in the New Testament, don't be afraid, fear not. Like God doesn't want us to be people of fear. That's a I mean, that's a sermon in itself. Maybe another day. I, I promise I'm not going to go down that today. But do not fear. And then listen to what the angel says. I bring you good news. I bring you good news. And this good news that I bring will be great joy to all people. Now, come on. There's something that God is doing that he did, but he also continues to do now. There's good news. And this good news is for everybody. Not just a select group. I love that about this story, this Christmas story. Now, I know there's people who want to ignore it and don't want to talk about it and want to, you know, turn their backs, but it's still good news for everybody. Like, the, it's good news for us and it's good news for them, whoever them is, this is good news. And what is it? The angel continues, a savior has been born. The one that they had been expecting has now been born. The good news is not found in a thing. The good news and where joy is found is in the presence of God. Jesus. Good news that will be great joy to everyone. Now, I, I, like you, find myself often discouraged, disappointed, and I just wonder if it's because I've misplaced where I think joy would come from. And I wonder if you've ever felt disappointed and discouraged, and I wonder if maybe it's because of a displaced focus of where you think joy would come from. I think it's maybe where our focus is. And it's why Advent is so important because it, it pulls, Advent is an invitation, it pulls our focus back to Jesus. And so for just a minute, 
And, and then we're going to take a, a break and, and um, sing a song that will, will help us with this as well. I, I want to I dig into a passage of scripture that I love. And uh, not sure who wrote this passage of scripture. It's in a book in the New Testament, a letter in the New Testament called Hebrews. Uh, but it's this beautiful passage. And I want, I want to pick a piece, pick apart a couple little pieces and, and help our focus just for a minute. Are you with me still? Stay with me. Hebrews. Um, the beginning of this passage says, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of, cloud of witnesses, since we are surrounded, let us take off everything that hinders us. So if you're going to run a race, you need to get, you know, take off anything that would hold you back, right? Let us take off everything that hinders us, that slows us down, the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run the race that God has set before us. Focus. The race that God has set before us. The race that God has set before us. Sometimes I focus too much on the race that God has set before you, and I lose focus on the, the race that God has set before me. And if I'm worried about your race or your race or your race or your race, I may not ever experience joy in the race that God has set before me because my focus has been lost on your race. Are you guys serious? No amen to that. I mean, that, like, that's, there's some good stuff right there. Some of you, some, okay, some of you were athletes at one time. Some of you are still athletes, maybe. I mean, in, in my mind, I was a better athlete in my mind than I actually was, but I ran races, um, I ran track, mainly in high school, and I learned quickly that if I focused on somebody else in that race, I would run slower than if I focused just right ahead of me, the race that was set before me. Come on, right? And if you lose your focus, and your focus gets diverted onto someone else's race, and I think we do this all the time, church. We're too focused on someone else's race. When God has put something in front of us, let us fix you know, our mind on the race set before us. And then here's, here's what the author does, and I love this, is he gives us a picture of, of Jesus. Because of the joy set before him, Jesus. Because of the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now, was the joy in the cross? Was there joy in the cross? No. Listen, because he was God doesn't mean he didn't feel the pain of the cross. The nails still hurt. The abuse, the beating that Jesus took, it still hurt. But because of the joy set before him, he was able to endure the circumstances of the moment because his eyes were fixed on what was set before him. Come on, church. Am I right? Like, that's what the scripture says. Because the joy set before him, he was able to endure the cross and, and scorn its shame. Like, forget its shame. Like, set it aside, the shame So the author, after giving us this beautiful picture of what Jesus did, and I think an encouragement to us that no matter the circumstances of your life, you can still have joy because there is something set before you. The circumstances aren't great, 
The joy isn't in the circumstances. The, the joy is something much deeper. It's not the thing. It's something much deeper. Because of the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame. We do this. We do this by keeping our eyes where? On Jesus. And here's what's awesome about that. He is both the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith and mine. He's the one who marks off the path. And when our eyes drift from Christ being central in our lives, when our eyes drift from Christ at Christmas, we grow weary and disappointed and discouraged and frustrated and chaotic chaotic, and all these different things and dark because our eyes have drifted off of Jesus. There's this song. Um, I don't think we've ever sung this, have we? It's one of my favorite worship songs. And I think it was written in the last year or two. Um, I think Hillsong, it, it was a Hillsong tune. Um, and the lyrics of this song are just, I think they help us get our eyes where they need to be. So if you want to stand and sing this, you can, or you can just sit and listen, whatever you want to do to, to fix your eyes on Jesus in this moment. And then I'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up our time together. Jesus, thank you that for the joy set before you, you endured that cross, which brings us life. Thank you that you, you scorned its shame, that you weren't overwhelmed by the shame that you would experience or the pain that you would experience, that you endured the cross. And so in these moments, we fix our eyes on you. The All right, grab a, grab a seat just for another minute or two or five. So, so where have you fixed your focus this year? Mm. That's a tough question. Where, where have I fixed my focus this year? There's a lot of options, aren't there? There are a lot of options out there where to put your focus, to put your weight, your trust. There are a lot of, lot of different places you, you can do it. And I believe one of the reasons I fail to experience joy, and maybe you fail to experience joy in the Difficulties of the circumstances is because our focus has drifted from the one who actually is the most secure place and person we can ever lean in. Uh, I, I was trying to write a definition of joy. It's so difficult to try to get our mind around what joy actually is. And uh, I, I took a stab at it with, with this, that joy, um, that joy is this chosen attitude that God's people adopt based on his faithfulness in, his, in the past, looking with anticipation for the future. I know that's a lot of words. I'm sorry. I'm, I, like, I want to, I'm trying to understand more and more, like, what is joy? Like, joy is a chosen attitude. It's not just a feeling. It's a chosen attitude, like a focus, that we 
that we adopt based on, when, and when our focus is on Jesus, we know what Jesus accomplished in the past, right? We, we know what he accomplished in the past because of his faithfulness in the past and the anticipation of what we know is to come in the future. Look, Advent actually began not focusing on the first Christmas, but on the second, which hasn't happened yet, which is Jesus' return. Advent was about looking ahead, and so uh, Advent, it, it calls us to be reminded of God's faithfulness and, and Jesus showing up the first time, so very important. Like, we, we don't want to lose that. That is where we find life. But we also have this joy because of the anticipated future of what will happen when God sets everything back to right again. And there should be joy there. I mean, in Revelation the way that John writes it is that there, in, in that day, there will be no more tears, no more sadness, no more death, no more dying. Oh, like that should bring some joy to us, shouldn't it? Like that's the anticipated future of what is to come. Uh, I heard uh, Stephen Furtick say this once, that joy is a focus before it's ever a feeling. That's true. Joy is a focus before it'll ever be a feeling in our life. So for the next two weeks, and um, maybe beyond that. In, in John, Jesus gives us this, this picture. And I want to lean into this just, just for, for a minute. Final picture for us. Uh, John is talking about uh, a vine and the branches that come off the vine. You've seen this before, right? If you've ever been to Napa um, or you've been to a vineyard or anything like that, you've seen this idea of a vine and then the branches that come off of the vine. And Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And Jesus says that if we remain in him, he will remain in us, right? Remember this, this passage? And there is some painful, um, you know, the gardener comes and has to cut away some of the, the pieces that are dying and uh, misdirecting us. And so there's some, there's some things that, that have to take place, but Jesus says that if we will remain in him, he will remain in us. We will remain connected. And he says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. There it is. How do we, how do we become filled with the joy of Jesus? We remain connected to the vine. Apart from the vine, we die. There is no life apart from the vine. But if we remain connected, he will remain connected to us. And we will be filled with his joy. And then he says, your joy, which comes from my joy, will then overflow. We need some overflowing joy in our world today, don't we? Man, what a year it's been. We need some overflowing joy. And so I wonder, where can we get that? Like, what can I buy my son that would bring some overwhelming, overflowing joy? Maybe a bike. Maybe that will be. Will that bring some good times? Maybe. Maybe some broken arms. But joy won't be found in a bike or a dollhouse, or a new car. I mean, I could fill, I don't want to fill in the blank for you because then I'm going to start stepping on toes. So here's my question. What focus 
It's blocking you from the joy Jesus has promised you. What focus is blocking you from the joy Jesus has promised you? Let me show you one of them. See what Barry did this week? Oh, I wish I could do that. That family picture, they, the Roberts are the happiest family I've ever seen. They never have any pain. Like, look how perfect, they are, per that's the perfect family. Oh my gosh, do you see the new car that's coming out? Do you know the, the Bronco? They're redesigning the Bronco? That's unbelievable. If I had that, maybe, you know what I'm talking about? It is unbelievable. <laughs> Listen, I think one way that we could find the joy again is to stop the scroll. I'm talking to myself there. But when you're focused on what other people get or what other people have, what you think other people have that they probably don't actually have, but you think because they've created the picture that makes it look like they actually have it. When your focus is on all these other things and you're looking around, your focus can't be on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of the faith. And you can't remain connected to him. And when you remain connected, that's when he says, my joy will be in you. I've told you these things. So the prayer. I've been giving you a prayer every week. So here's the prayer. Um, no, the, let's do the one before that one first. I'll come back to Romans. Jesus, be born in me. May I keep my eyes fixed on you. And as I trust you, may I experience peace and joy this Christmas. That's a good prayer for us this week, right? Jesus, be born in me. I want to keep my eyes fixed on you. And as I trust you and lean into you, may I experience the peace and joy this Christmas. Now, this is born out of that next prayer out of Romans. So let's, yeah, that next one, Romans. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. That's what Paul wrote to the Roman church. And that's what I pray for you, that the God of hope would fill you completely with joy and peace as you trust him. There's a, there's a component that you have to make your mind up on. So stand with me as we sing this last song and be reminded, be reminded today that heaven is all around us. It's all around us. And you can lean in and experience that kind of joy because Jesus has been born.